This segment of ASO Radio brought to you by Toe, Zombok Toe, what kinds of soul reapers like Zombok Toe? Fast ones, slinky ones, ones that fight on rocks, tough ones, girly ones, even ones with loose white socks, oh Bok Toe, Zombok Toe, the reaper sword soul reapers love. There's clever engineers. But no. Time for ASO Radio. And welcome everybody to another splendiferous episode of ASO Radio. I, of course, am your host, NZ17, and I've got a bunch of reviews in store for you this episode, including manga reviews, video game reviews, and of course, anime reviews. But before we get to all of that, we're going to inform you with some of the latest news available in the world of anime. So, let's jump right on over to that. Alrighty, uh, this week we have some Ghibli news, uh, like we usually do. Uh, The Studio Ghibli Museum in Mitaka, in association with the Takuma Animation Culture Foundation, has announced their annual grant for any student, graduate student, or researcher focusing on animation. Proposals for research projects can focus on either Japanese animation or Western animation, but only one will be selected to receive the grant of up to 300,000 yen, which is approximately approximately about $3,000. Applicants for the grant are also limited to people ages 35 and under. This will mark the fourth time the museum has offered this grant. Next up, SakuraCon has announced its first Japanese guest. SakuraCon will uh, welcome voice actress Kaori Nazuka, director and designer Hiroshi Nagahama, and creator and director Akitoro uh, Daichi to its April 6th through 8th convention in Seattle, Washington. Next up, Death Note won't be limited to downloads. Viz Media will release the Death Note anime DVD in addition to its previously announced series of downloads. To quote, we look at Download to Own, Viz's new service, as a means to satisfy fans who are at the forefront of these proprietary releases in Japan and want to see the properties in the U.S. closer to Japan's release and also as a means to broaden that audience by allowing viewers to try a single episode of a property before they purchase the physical product, a Viz representative told the ICV2 on Friday. We do not see these two distribution areas as mutually exclusive and believe that fans who want to catch the official version via download to own in the subtitled version, closer to Japan's release date will also collect the home video, which will include the dub, to have the physical product for their shelves and their collections. Viz has not yet announced specific release dates for either the downloads or DVDs of Death Note or future download-to-own anime products. 
And the last bit of news for this episode, Digital Meme to release rare classic anime on DVD. Digital Meme, a Japanese publisher of classic Japanese films, has announced that it will publish four volumes of classic pre-World War II anime on DVD, which uh, is, if you will, much different from that of today. 55 titles from the golden age of Japanese silent film will be included. These will include fully silent films, Benshi narrated films, and recorded talkies, movies that came with gramophone audio which were played while the visuals were shown. Subtitles for on-screen text and audio will be available in English, as well as Japanese, Chinese, and Korean. And how much will this bit of animation history cost you? Quite a bit, actually. The DVDs will be all-region compatible, meaning that you can play it on any DVD player, and will be available on April 30th for $40 each, or $110 for a set of four DVDs. Quite the pricey collection, but if you are a connoisseur of animation, then no price should ever deter you from your collection. Uh, let's go ahead and shimmy on shake over to some reviews, because this week we have two reviews for you, including Yugo the Negotiator in Pakistan and Hyper Police Volume 2. Yeah, ladies and germs, let's go ahead and get reviewing some anime that I watched on the digital video discs, or the DVDs, as the techie guys call them. Oh, wait, I'm a techie guy, never mind. Anyways, I'm going to be reviewing Yugo the Negotiator in Pakistan and Hyper Police, Volume 2. Yugo the Negotiator in Pakistan, of course, is also Volume 2. Uh, those of you who have been watching the show for a while would have heard my review of the first disc, which essentially sets up the whole situation in Pakistan, where Yugo is trying to go and rescue the father of a very rich family uh, whose daughter has contracted him to do so. Essentially, in this volume, Yugo endures great torture in order to go and gain the trust of the Pakistanis which have gone and taken this figure hostage. Uh, after doing so, though, he earns their trust and manages to be able to free the father, uh, but then is chased down by uh, not only the harsh desert elements uh, and having to contend with his quite dehydrated body from the torture, but in addition has to deal with the local military who is trying to hunt down the sect that had gone and kidnapped her father. So this all leads to quite a struggle against the elements and against forces for Yugo. And, of course, I do not want to divulge whether he escapes or not, because that would spoil whether or not there would be a follow-up series. Unless, of course, you know whether there is or not a follow-up series, in which case, uh, if he had died, it would be Zombo Yugo, Zombie Yugo the Negotiator in Russia, or perhaps Ghost Yugo the Negotiator in Afghanistan. Who knows? Uh, anyways, I enjoyed this. Uh, it was uh, a nice relief from your usual anime, which tends to have a lot of fantasy or sci-fi elements to it. And Yugo the Negotiator tries to keep itself as wholly grounded as it can in both uh, the reality of the way the world works and also the cultures and peoples of the world that it deals with. 
and it succeeds at close, both quite marvelously. Uh, this, of course, is not a show for everyone, especially people with short uh, attention spans and little patience. So Hugo the Negotiator may not be for everybody, but it is worth watching for a more, uh, shall we say, sophisticated audience. So I'm going to go ahead and give Hugo the Negotiator in Pakistan Volume 2 a uh, highly recommended simply because uh, it was well animated, good music, good voice acting, both on Japanese and English. I like watching it in the Japanese. Um, but more so than that, it tried to do something different, and it pulled it off well. So Yugo the Negotiator in Pakistan, Volume 2, Episodes 4 through 6, gets a highly recommended from NZ. Uh, now we have a very different show, Hyper Police, which uh, does have lots of fantasy and sci-fi elements to it. Hyper Police takes place far in the future where humans go and live alongside uh, beast men and women who are usually a combination of human and some sort of creature such as fox, dog, uh, cat, uh, dragon, uh, you name it, they've got just about uh, any chimera type you could think of in Hyper Police. Uh, this second volume I found actually a bit interesting because usually shows like this that are a bit episodic in nature but with an overarching storyline don't bother to go and have anything significant happen very quickly or if they do it gets resolved rather easily. Well, what I found interesting about this episode, uh, this disc of Hyper Police, it introduces a rival for our two main characters, uh, but it also goes and shows the Hyper Police business, which had been on the rocks financially, actually going bankrupt and going under and having to have its uh, assets liquidated. And I found this a really interesting take because you don't expect this to happen before the end of the eighth episode of a TV series, but in fact it did happen in this. And so uh, a lot of stuff in this show is uh, your typical uh, 80s slash early 90s anime stuff, but it was very enjoyable for me, and I like stuff from that era anyways. Plus, uh, it goes and it pulls off some things I wasn't expecting. So I'm going to go ahead and give Hyper Police Volume 2... Um, I'm kind of on the fence line between recommended and highly recommended. But I'm feeling generous, so I'm going to give that one a highly recommended. And, uh, you know... I'm in such a great reviewing mood right now. I think that uh, we're going to take care of some fan mail, and then we're going to do a hot spot up with a bunch more reviews just for you faithful listeners out there. So just stay tuned, and I'll be right back. So we've got uh, a number of fan mail, and I'm going to spread that out over the next three episodes. And so this one is for this episode. How about you fancy that? Uh, this one comes uh, subject of Chase Masterson, Robotech Interview Promo. Uh, and it states this Friday, January 12th, obviously a bit dated, uh, at 10 p.m. Eastern, I'm going to be conducting an interview with Chase Masterson, an actress and singer best known for her role as Lita on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. About uh, He's going to be interviewing her about her role as Janice M. in the new Robotech sequel, The Shadow Chronicles. Fans can listen live and even call in to ask questions live on the air. And uh, this uh, cha- uh, person goes on to ask... 
may I prevail upon you to stick this two-minute promo segment into your next podcast to raise awareness? And if you'd care to link, uh, add a link to the show notes, it's uh, terrania.us. Well, uh, first of all, thank you for writing into ASO Radio. Apparently, the search functionality on the search engines is still working uh, for searching on anime radio. Uh, or a combination thereof. But first, thank you for writing in, and secondly, I play the promo, but one, rather long, two, a bit dated, and um, three, I basically went and told everything that happened. So, if anybody's listening, and they're interested in Robotech and or its sequel, The Shadow Chronicles, uh, visit terrania.us, that's T-E-R-R-A-N-I-A dot U-S, in order to go and check out the show notes, listen to the episodes, so on and so forth. Uh, well worth listening to if you're interested in that uh, kind of thing. And I certainly hope you are, because I would be so offended if you weren't. Or actually, uh, um, everybody has their own preferences, so if you don't like it, that's cool too. Anyways, thank you for writing in, and if you have something that you would like to send in to ASO Radio, feel free to use our fan mail submission form located on the ASO Radio website at www.nz17.com slash ASO Radio. Uh, we got a bunch of links there on the left and a little envelope icon. Feel free to get clicking, get writing, and we'll read your stuff on the air if uh, it strikes our fancy. So anyways, uh, let's go ahead and heat things up as we spin the wheel to reveal our hot spot. Okie dokie, Pokey. We've got ourselves two video game reviews and two manga reviews. Isn't the hot spot generous this week? Uh, we're going to review Castlevania Adventure for the Game Boy. R-Type DX for the Game Boy Color. And then we're going to review the manga Comic Party and My Cine Koku. Uh, first of all, Castlevania Adventure. This was actually uh, released in 1989, the first year that the Game Boy was available in North America. And it's definitely an early Game Boy title, but still quite respectable for the time it was released. Unlike a lot of Castlevania games, practically everyone, uh, this one does not feature any stairwells, which I found interesting, but instead uses ropes, which the main character can climb up and down. And I believe the main character is Simon Belmont, and this one is too, not 100% sure. But what I do know is that even though the whole game is presented on the tinny 8-bit Game Boy, uh, it is actually a really good game. Uh, the Castlevania music uh, really got my blood pumping while I played this. Uh, the graphics, of course, were only in black and white, as that's what the Game Boy does. Um, and a lot of times it was hard to dodge the enemies. But this game was actually a really great action game then, still holds up well today, uh, if you're the sort that doesn't really like a strong challenge, this game may not be for you. Uh, after playing this game for maybe an hour or two, I was still only able to get to level two, uh, maybe the beginning of level three. And so if you're planning on uh, trying to play this game all the way through the end, you might be a bit disappointed because oftentimes the enemies and environment have you at a distinct disadvantage, and so you're going to have to do a lot of memorization in order to get through some of the areas in this game. But regardless of all that, I did enjoy Castlevania Adventure, and I'm going to give this game a recommended. Next up, R-Type DX for the Game Boy Color. Obviously, this game can um, 
also be played on the uh, regular Game Boy. Um, unbeknownst to a lot of people, Game Boy games came in three colors. The gray ones were designed for the original Game Boy. The black ones were designed to work on both the Game Boy Color and the original Game Boy, and the clear ones were designed to work on only the Game Boy Color, but R-Type DX makes itself presentable to both the Game Boy and Game Boy Color. Um, just a little bit of trivia there, and if I had anything wrong, feel free to write in, fan mail, and then I'll go and say my correction on air if I'm wrong. But regardless, uh, R-Type DX is a rather fateful port of the original uh, two R-Type games, uh, and really, I was amazed at what they could do with the Game Boy Color hardware. I was not expecting such uh, a game so close to the arcade. Now, I'm not sure if they changed anything uh, from the arcade originals. Uh, I think that there was a remix mode in here. Uh, it's been a little while since I played it. But what I do know is I was very surprised by the high quality of this game. Uh, like Castlevania Adventure, though, very high difficulty. So unless uh, you've got uh, shoot 'em up running in your blood, it's going to prove quite the challenge and is rather unlikely you'll be able to get to the end of this game. Uh, so the challenge difficulty a bit higher than Castlevania Adventure, so I didn't have quite as much fun with this, but I was still very impressed with the audio and the graphics presented in this, so I'm going to give R-Type DX a recommended. Both of these were very good purchases, and I'm glad I made them. Alright, now let's go and switch gears over to some manga reviews. We're going to uh, review Comic Party Volume 1 first. Uh, Comic Party is essentially um, kind of, if you will, a, a hall of mirrors in the sense that it's a comic book about comic book artists making comic books. Uh, essentially, Comic Party is about uh, Dojinka or, if you will, uh, doujinshi manga authors who are working hard in order to go and create their own comics and hope to one day make it big. Some of them are just doing it to express themselves artistically, others are doing it to try and make a lot of money, and some are doing it to bo for both, and others are doing it just for fun. Uh, comic Party uh, focuses on one young man who undertakes uh, comics as part of his life alongside his... Um, shall we say, enthusiastic friend uh, Taishi, who is trying to go and convince them to become Brothers 2, a manga publisher which can rule the world through its popular comics. Uh, comic Party the anime and Comic Party the manga are both based upon the same source materials, but it seems like the anime was made just as the manga started, and so you get a lot more... Uh, mileage out of Comic Party the manga because a lot more things happen with a lot less filler but it still has the same kind of angst where his childhood friendish sort of girlfriend, you know, those vague relationships are so popular in these things um, has a real big problem at first with him going and getting into this but over time becomes slowly more supportive and I enjoyed Comic Party as a small time publisher of content myself, I found it very uh, encouraging. I enjoyed it quite a lot, and I am certainly going to pick up the next volume of it. Uh, a little bit disappointing, though, because I went through most of the volume thinking, wow, this is really all ages. 
A couple of problems with it, though. Uh, One, some of the music that our main character listens to has some quite explicit lyrics, uh, which were generously translated by the publisher. And also, there was a uh, bit of, shall we say, provocative angles uh, taken uh, in the last chapter of this volume and in some of the fan art from the author's fellow comic artists. And so raises up the age rating, raises down the uh, demographics that would be interested in watching, uh, reading this, but I still think that Comic Party is well worthwhile, and I'm going to go ahead and give this one. Uh, I enjoyed it quite a lot, so I'm going to give it a highly recommended. Uh, like I said, though, a bit of a warning, though, a uh, little bit uh, panty shot, um, but if you can overlook this slight indiscretion, then it is actually quite worthwhile reading. Will this continue? I can only uh, hope so, as we will perhaps review Volume 2 in the future. And speaking of things which we may review more of in the future, Mycenae Koku. If you've been listening to the show, you already know the story of Godai and his love, who is the apartment manager and him trying to go and become a college student and then college graduate and then be able to win her heart and become her husband. Uh, Maisenikaku, the manga, moves much faster than Maisenikaku, the anime, which was uh, animated at the same time the manga was being published, and so there's a ton of filler in the anime. But thankfully, the manga is only 15 volumes long, and so a lot of stuff gets uh, finished in the first volume of Maisenikaku, which probably was two seasons worth of the anime. However, um, since I've already seen essentially everything in here, there's not a huge amount of variation between the manga and anime. Uh, I was left a little bit bored by this volume, but I still enjoyed it, so I'm going to go and give Maisenikaku Volume 1 a recommended. Uh, the storyline uh, where I left off in the anime uh, picks up in about Volume 5 of the manga, so I think I may jump forward past Volumes 2 through 4 and pick up Volume 5 and see how I like that. So, anyways, though, uh, it's been really great having you all here for another episode of ASO Radio, episode 108. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and sign off. I hope all of you join me next time for episode 109. Uh, on episode 109, we're going to be reviewing the anime Disgaea and this ugly yet beautiful world. We're going to follow that up in the uh, hotspot section with two more video game and anime reviews, including Castlevania Portrait of Ruin and Dragon Quest Heroes Rocket Slime, both for the Nintendo DS. And then we're going to follow that up with Comic Party Party Time, Volume 1, and Boys B, Volume 1. Don't confuse Comic Party Party Time with Comic Party, because Party Time, as the first volume is called, is actually part of a three-part doujinshi set, which is just crazy, because it's fan comics based upon a comic about fan artists making fan comics. But we'll get all that and more in Episode 109 of ASO Radio. So for Episode 108 of ASO Radio, this is NZ17, signing out. ASA Radio is copyright of NC-17 Productions. ASA Radio is licensed to the general public under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial share-alike license. Additional licenses available. For more information, visit us online at www.nz17.com.